All right, testing, testing. Ah, oh, we're good now. We had a little technical difficulty in the first go. We we're about a minute in, but welcome back, everybody, to the Questioning Mark podcast. I am your host, Mark Ryan, and as you know, this podcast, the purpose, at least now, is to connect the people within the Raha community and the greater Talib family, and I have someone who I consider a friend in the studio today. Lisa, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Lisa Templeton, we met each other or we got to be better friends during our journey on the MPQML, a hard acronym to try to remember, at least for me, but the kind of middle leaders training, and that's where we are in our journey a little bit right now, and I know it's not just that, but how did your journey into education begin? Um, It began through um, my own education being non-existent, basically. Um, and then me wanting to be a teacher, but not having the tools to be able to do it. Uh, I had a lot of experience as a nanny in London, um, like nine, ten years, but came out of school with um, no qualifications, left school early, in fact, which was quite normal in my family, because okay. that's the kind of background I came from, a very working-class background where you, if you got the opportunity to work, you would leave, um, exams were not important. I know it's crazy to imagine that now, but exams were not important. Um, my parents never asked me if I ever did any homework. They never helped me with any homework. It was uh, very different to the life that I've got now with my children. Right. Um, so I um, I became a nanny and I, I loved that and I was a natural with children, I thought. Um, then I had my own well, people know that too. You would know that yeah, part to be true. I think, especially with young children, right. it's something that's just there, a spark. Is it? Is it the word patience? I don't know. Mm, <laughs> or yeah, is it more than that? It. Definitely it's part of it. But I do think you, it's just a number of things that come together that make you a natural. And I don't think it can be particularly learnt um, right. to, to have that extra X factor, that's what it is. You can learn that it's not your thing pretty quickly. Yeah, definitely. But the other way around might be harder. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was a nanny for 10 years. Then I had my own children. Um, my first two girls, sorry, and they were um, really small when I decided that I wanted to be a teacher. And I literally just picked up the phone and um, called a, a number from an advertisement that I saw on TV. Right. Just It just happened like that. And I spoke to someone and I said, I want to be a teacher, how do I do it? And she said, yeah, well, you need a degree, you need A-levels, you need GCSEs, you need everything. And long story short, it took me seven years and I did it while my kids were really small, so that was really hard as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that, and that was it. I got to the end of it. I mean, I couldn't, I can remember not even being able to really spell or... Um, even read that well when I began the GCSE right. at age 29 or something. Um, and when I finally passed uh, and did my four-year undergraduate teaching degree, and I'd already done by that point as well A-level language, uh, English language and literature, okay. reading Shakespeare and, and a, a whole manner of things that I'd never really experienced before, so yeah that's how I got into it and it just escalated from there because I was then able to go and get a job um and I think I knew from early on that I wanted to do well and I wanted to better myself all the time that need has always been there so I'm never happy to just stay as I am I always want to do more I always want to find out more and I just naturally sort of progressed and progressed and progressed until I ended up in Abu Dhabi and would you say that drive for that 
self-development. You know, nothing has been handed to you. Never. That was from day one? Is yeah. that like when you were, were you were a young kid? Yeah. Nothing from, was ever... No, nothing came easy. Uh, I had to really just fight to survive really most of the time. And right. um, my mum did her best and we had, you know, lovely parents. I don't ever... Um, I, I had a good childhood, but we never had anything and we never went anywhere or did did anything much and um i've got good morals and i think that came from my parents and that's not something that you can buy you know that's just something that's ground into you right, from yeah. from early on so i've always had good morals and i think i'm a decent person you know so I've and always... do you think that that struggle and i know there's uh a video i watched recently on on the twitter community that hashtag run rant that i'm part of mm. of a man named Action, Action Jackson, so shout out to you, when he was talking about this butterfly analogy and the fact that if you stop a butterfly or a caterpillar mm. from struggling to get out of its cocoon so that it can strengthen its wings, mm. it'll never be able to fly. No, that's right. Do you think that we need to provide a little bit more with our, our kids nowadays with that, where they need to struggle a little bit more? Yeah, I do. I think things do come too easily. Right. And I do still try to instill... Um, Especially over here, I think, the, the nature of living in this country, life is very easy. Um, there's a lot of help and support there. In like Most of my friends have got nannies. They have right. to sell, it's, it's not even heard of back home. Sure. Not where I came from. I was a nanny in London for rich people. That's right. how it was. Um, and, yeah, I do think they miss some of the basics. The Having to work for things, having right. to earn money, having to learn manners even you know just sure. the basic things that just sometimes just don't develop over time when as much as they should right yeah. i do think they should and do you think and i, I like this where you're, we're talking now about this connection to kids and and your children and i noticed something it's not so much with how they develop but maybe the situation around teachers who have children and especially teachers who have children in the same school or even near the same grade levels that they're yeah. teaching. And I know your son is not in the same grade level that you're teaching, which is nice. But how do you find that having a, a child here at Raha with you? Yeah, I find it I find it really good with David. Okay. Um because he is um different to my two daughters, who I didn't always find it easy with in the same school. Okay. Um but with David, um it's just a different child, a different nature and he's um, you know, he, yeah, I, I like being in the same school as him. I like being able to bump into him at playtime or, you know, if he, when he comes to my classroom after school and sure. I can just catch up with him straight away instead of having to wait until I get home from work or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I do. I love having him. And I've, as a, I would say a new parent of a child in school for myself, yeah. my daughter in EY1, what tips would you give? And I'll shout this out to to Potter, who's teaching over in the languages in the MYP. He also has a young son. I have a young daughter, but he has a young son in EY1. What are some tips you would give to teachers who are going to have their children in school? How do you balance that? Is there a, is there a line that people it, shouldn't be crossing over and entering classrooms and having these conversations? There's definitely a line. I think we make it quite clear to all parents, so regardless of what their background is and whether or not they're a teacher in the school. I do think we make it clear to parents from the beginning that, you know, the children need to be behind closed doors with us and t and parents can't just come in 
any time they want because it's it's disrupting for the children and you know it's not always the best thing for them emotionally so we do explain that to parents in the very beginning we also we, we do <coughs> excuse me no we worries. do have times when parents can come in for various things we have sure. lots of different events where we welcome parents in but yeah there is a, a bit of a line but i think i think parents generally it's quite clear to parents from the beginning um but i would just say a message to parents who are um teachers in the school who've got children in ey1 it is a bit different in ey1 the children are very small it's the first year in school parents are apprehensive and a bit worried and a bit nervous and but the kids are always fine right always fine it's usually the parents that handle it worse than the children sure and that we just love our jobs and they're safe and loved and um and not to just try not to worry basically right be more like the kid yeah be like the kid (laughs) be like the kid the kids always handle it perfect they're fine (laughs) and it kind of makes me think we think about david your son or Haley, my daughter and how the school environment is constantly pushing for innovation constantly pushing for entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. things to be innovative do you see that happening a lot in your department is there a lot of need for new ideas new tech new things um yeah we do see it changing all the time and we go with whatever we feel to be good practice and we discuss everything as a team and we put new things in place all the time um we've also got to try and keep um not change things too quickly and too right. rapidly because it's too much for the children to take on. You know, they need time to adapt to new things. Um, <clears throat> but entre- entrepreneurialism, oh, yeah. um, that is something that I got involved with last year with my EY1 class. Okay. Just because of something that came about that, um, well, it's just something that came about in the library actually with Miss Joanna and we decided the kids could write a book and sell it. All right. have it published and sell it. Yeah, yeah. So I contacted the various different people and they all they made it happen and it did and we sold the book. We had it published. You know about this? Yeah, yeah. I, Do you well, know I don't it? I don't I don't know the details. <laughs> but it, it wasn't a planned thing. It was just a spontaneous thing. It just came about, but that's the beauty of this school because I think in another kind of curriculum, uh more demanding uh how it's more demanding sometimes in early years in other curriculums. Okay. We have more freedom to follow children's interests and ideas and that's what we did but they got so much out of it and it was amazing and they're never too young to take on that kind of thing right and then i guess if you at least put those things out there that we are about innovative ideas or we're about entrepreneurship when Mm. things like that happen authentically Mm. people are able to kind of jump on because they're looking for those moments yeah and you don't realize that actually yeah they're only ey1 but to us they are capable of anything and everything because that's how we view them you know um so we we made it happen and it was easy because it was just spontaneous you're saying it was easy and i'm sure i'm sure it felt easy but i'm sure for some teachers it might be difficult because there would be a lot of relationships there that you a lot of partners Mm -hmm. a lot of communication with different people to make that happen or maybe it wasn't too many people but it links me into going into the fact of this podcast is based to get people connecting, get people talking. Mm. Around campus, I would think that you actually have a strong connection with people, mm. not just in the early years. No. Um, how did you do that? How do you, how do you make connections around school? Um, it's partly the type of person that you are, I think. Some okay. people find it easier to be sociable. I'm yeah. a sociable person. 
I'm outgoing. Um, I do make an effort. I think that's part of the, the problem as well with um, maybe some people who maybe don't have as big a social group. It is actually hard work sometimes to right. get home from work with uh, kids to tend to, a husband yeah. to deal with and all the rest <laughs> of it, and then think, oh, I've got to go out tonight. Sure. Uh, sometimes I don't feel like doing it, but I think, no, I've got to do it. I've got to make the effort for these people because I know once I get there, I'll be fine. Right. And I need to um, just make the effort. Like tonight, I'm going out again. <laughs> but tonight is with our mutual friend, Angie. Okay. Um, and I make the effort with her because she is a friend from an, an old, uh, from my previous job. And we're going for a coffee night at Ikea. I mean, that's how simple it gets some nights. Right. But you've, if we didn't do that, and she's obviously she's tired as well, and she's been at work all day, but you've got to make the effort. And I, I think that's part of the, the problem sometimes when um, people maybe don't have as many or as many options or... Sometimes if you ask people so many times and, and they never come. Well, and I think you, then... you struck a, an important point there. It doesn't always have to be a grand kind no, of thing. No, right? oh, uh, it rarely is. <laughs> yeah. That's like a, how... a coffee night. Well, actually, it's a car wash night as well. So we get the car wash. We get a coffee for free because we have a family membership for Ikea. And we get to have a chat. There we go. Yeah. So that's how... And I make the effort to do these things. So um, it, it's not easy always. You know, when you've got a family and, um, and you're old, like me, sometimes I just want to go to bed. No, I'm with you. But I made um, the effort. <laughs> I'm with you, and I think I do need to make more of an effort, especially with people around campus. And I know we did, uh, the lads in the primary did some go-karting a few days back or last weekend. And that is kind of an event, but I, I like the idea of these smaller, kind of less formal kind of ideas, yeah. just car wash, coffee, yeah. chat. I think our school does really well with um, socialising and giving opportunities, though, I must say, like the social committee. Right. That's brilliant. You know, that, that provides many events over the year for other people to come to who maybe don't have the option to go many places. Right. They can get to know more people there. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really a good one. But also in each department, I don't, I don't know about your department, but in our grade level, we organise nights out or drinks after work or a meal here and there, you know, sure. just to get together outside the working environment. So I think most grade levels do that. There's lots of WhatsApp groups knocking around with different groups and different yeah, yeah. events going on. There's no, the, you're right. Yeah, there's lots of different things. So kind of uh, keep your ear to the ground yeah. and say yes a few times yeah. and, and see what happens. Definitely, yeah. I'm going to... Stop us there almost. We're at 15 minutes. And okay. thank you for anyone who's lasted with us all the way here. I'm going to finish with the year 2030. David is leaving Raha. Do you think about what that looks like for him? Do you try to think way far in the future? Do you try to stay in the moment? How do you prepare for 2030? I am a day-by-day -day person, but I also do think long-term that my I will still be here, I hope, <laughs> in... In that year, I'll right. still be here. I want to be in this school for as long as possible. I've got no intention of going anywhere else. I love this country and I love this school. So I want to stay here. Um, and on he, that... Mr. Ian, if you're listening. Well, <laughs> um, he better so, be. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's it's really important to me to, as well for David to go through the same system. I found a system that suits him 100%. So right. that, and I'm just really happy with the with IB for David. It right. suits him and... and um, 
for him getting to the end, I hope we'll still be here. And um, so, yeah, I'm not usually a long-term planner, but when it comes to school and David, they're the two things that I think I have got in mind that um, that's where we'll be. As far as what David will be doing, at the moment he wants to be an inventor. Um, I don't know, the world's his oyster. I think he can do whatever he chooses he wants to do. There we go. So I guess that means 2030, we have time for another podcast together. Thank you for coming into the studio. Thank you. I am your host, Mark Ryan, and I'm out.